This is the 2D10 Podcast. You better listen. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the 2D10 Podcast. My name is Nathan, and today I'm joined by my very lovely counterpart and human companion, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, so we're doing something weird today. Yeah. Doing something a little bit different than what we've done before. Sure. Even Even when we were recording video for our podcast, which if you don't know... Rachel and I have a podcast. It's called the Playing Hooky Podcast. You almost said you almost said the two D ten podcast, didn't you? I almost said playing hooky coming in because yeah. I'm bad at this. Uh, but we're recording video. We're recording video in our dining room area, and mm-hmm. I'm recording it off of two sources. One's there, and one's there. And I have no idea how this is going to look. It might look like crap. Well, but at least we tried. It's a it's a an experiment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an experiment. So, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you all the time. Talk yeah, well, to you every day, constantly. Well, good news is I'm very nearby. <laughs> right. Um, but the reason, a couple of reasons why I'm having you on the podcast today. Uh-huh. Um, one, because we had the opportunity to play some D&D yeah. on Sunday for the first time in a very long time. I think it was seven months. Yeah. So... Um, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure. We played D and D this weekend and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, so, um, yeah, a group of our friends, uh, led by, uh, our friend Chris, um, he's the, the game master, the GM for that game. Mm -hmm. Um, they actually started a game, I think, uh, well over a year ago now, maybe a year and a half. And, um, were kind enough to invite Nate and I to play in the game as well. And it's my first time playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I know it's not your first time, but probably the first time in a while. It is my first time playing fifth edition Dungeons and okay. Dragons. Okay. So. And uh, yeah, so D&D fifth ed. And I was really excited because I had never played it and I always wanted to. So it was a great opportunity. Um, and I think you and I participated in maybe a total of four or five games before COVID. So um, we haven't played since February at all, none Mm -hmm. of us. And it just kind of took a long time for everybody to get organized online, to have a virtual game session. Um, And we were really excited. Well, I was really excited, actually. Like I rearranged my whole schedule just to make sure I could play that day. Yeah, I really liked playing, and um, yeah, when when you say that both of us, um, well, to, to head back a little ways, we uh, we normally play once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are also taxpayers and adults, you probably realize how difficult it is to play more than like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in my teens, my twenties. We would play every week, but people work and also people have different games and, you know, it's just really difficult to uh, meet with people more than once a month. People have kids that aren't of age to play role-playing games. (laughs) Right. And, you know, just um, I think that in the the old days, I'll say back in the day, um, you know, when we didn't really have much going on. It wasn't that big of a deal to meet up every weekend because we didn't have anything else we were doing. Yeah. And as we've gotten older, you know, as I've gotten older, my weekends now have more things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, not just like fun, entertaining things, but like sometimes I got to stay home and clean the house. Yeah. Sometimes I got to, you know, go to. 
I, think, I promise I think, you, your mother is calling right I, now. I think I our guarantee cam- I'm going to check. Yeah, it is 100% your mom. So if you listen to Playing Hooky Podcast, it's your mother, isn't it? She always calls. If you listen to Playing Hooky Podcast, we talked about this on our most recent podcast. His mother calls him every single time he is recording a podcast. It's like the woman has fucking radar. Mm-hmm. Every time yeah. she calls like, you. Like ESP. Yeah. The only time that I've known that she didn't call me while I was recording or actively like working on a podcast, this this time is weird because our camera just vibrated. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know how that's going to look in, in post, uh, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this morning I recorded a podcast at eight o'clock in the morning. She did not call me. Because she was not that. awake. Right. Because she wasn't up. Um, so that's anyways, so yeah, it's, it's like she's got... Like uh, some sort of psychic connection with interrupting my recordings every it's single true. time. It's um, true. Anyway, what were we talking about? Something Dandy. about being adults. Anyways, Something about being adults. I, I was trying to get to the point where yeah. I was talking about how Sometimes we, you have elderly parents you need to take care of. Yeah. And that, you know, takes away from your time as well. Right, exactly. But, um, you know, like, yeah, when you're a kid, you got, you got more free time. So you can play every week. And we're playing D&D. We were, like, maybe once a month before yeah. COVID. So, um it is that okay? I don't. I don't know what happened. It looks like it turned off. It, but it didn't. It's definitely still recording. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Everything's weird. Maybe it's the you're gonna have adjusting. a lot of editing yeah. to do. Well, at least I'll, I'll always have this just normal podcast. I don't know. Remember that right? one time I fucked that one up? <sighs> yeah. Remember how? So, I- <laughs> so the point I was trying to get to, the point I was trying to make was we um, the last time we played together. Yeah. With our group was in. I think November, and that was right that, before. That's the last time both of us. Yeah, right, played. right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, we we traveled for December, and then came back, and we got. I I went and played in February, yeah. but you didn't even get to play in then. Yeah. So the last time you've played was almost a full year. Almost ago. Almost a full year ago since I've gotten to play my D and D character, and I kind of forgot a little bit on how to play. So I was really excited to play, but um. Uh, so yeah, so why don't you tell the folks at home mm-hmm. about your character? If uh, you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell what I can remember. So my character is a cleric. We may have talked about this before on other podcasts, but I play a cleric and he is a cleric, a war cleric, uh, who worships Tyr. And what's Tyr? Tyr is a god, okay. uh, a god of... Uh, you know, justice of, of battle, et cetera. Um, uh, D and D they've, I don't know if it was always like this because I was never really into like the meta of the game. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I was never really into like the story beyond just like, here's a book, let me sit down and read it. So like the, the, the meta plot. Yeah. Right. I never read. So, so D and D has a, a hundred different settings. Sure. Right? They have, you know, Faerun and they have, um, uh, they have uh, Greyhawk and mm-hmm. Blackmore and Dragonlance and like all these different places. Sure. Well, in this book, they make it pretty clear that like D and D, like it takes place in in like a multiverse. Mm-hmm. So there are many different universes, okay, many different worlds in which you can play. And our our world, I don't know if there's any specific meta plot associated with it or if it's all. Uh, Chris's creation, but yeah. basically, the way that it was described to me was 
whatever kind of God you want to worship that it's available. Don't, sure. don't even worry about it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's many, many gods, there's many deities mm-hmm. and there's all different types of things that you can worship. And so I play this cleric and my whole, I guess my whole plot, my whole character concept was I'm just kind of this guy that travels around, um, you know, and I'm, I'm lawful good and I go from town to town and I offer my services as a cleric. Um, I live, I wouldn't say I live poor per Mm -hmm. se, but you're pious, right? Um, Monetary gain is not my concern. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to this town, uh, this this city where a lot of nobles like to spend their time. Mm -hmm. And I guess there were some some diseases that were popping up in the locals. And so I went there to try to offer my services. And I encountered um, a young female dragonborn, Mm -hmm. which is your character. True. My I so backing up, if you don't mind, when we were doing character creation, I think you were very intentional, intentional. Pardon me about what you wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Something that was different than what you would normally play when you're playing vampire right. or any other game. Like you were going to almost play opposite to type of how yeah. you are. So you're not particularly religious. Your character is very religious. Right. You don't often play vampire characters who are very like straightforward. You know, they're a little more schemy, a little yeah. more, you know, uh, under play, you know, the the kind of like anti-hero. Right. Type so you were you wanted to play like lawful good. Right. Um I didn't have any agenda. In fact, everything about my camp my character was a roll of the die. Like, Which I was, is really cool, right? Like it, that you get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I guess. it. I, I suppose it is cool. But it was kind of a, more of like, on the one hand, I don't want to go through the labor of trying to make a huge decision. I sort of want to learn and discover the game accidentally and yeah. organically. Right. Um, not to say that I didn't want to read and do my homework. I, I did. But I was like, well, I don't, you know, like... An elf would be cool. A halfling would be cool. Like there are lots of things that would be cool. But it's my first time ever playing. I'm just going to randomly assign a number to each of these classes and character types and roll the die and whatever comes up. That's what I'm playing. And what I'm playing is a rogue dragonborn, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> um, who I think is chaotic neutral. I don't remember. But I have to look at my sheet. Something like that. All I know is you're... It's all... It's, oh, it was all completely, like, by chance. You're playing a, a deceptive, thieving... Yeah, dragon. No good Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I think she's, she's comical, right? right? She's not, She's not like, out to get anybody, but she's definitely out to get her own. Right. Um, and uh, so my character, her name is Sorsha Derecchio, and she comes from... Uh, a, a northern region of the world that most other uh, creatures don't go to, creature types, character types, humans, mm-hmm. etc., everything. Um, and, uh, you know, people know what dragons are and they know that dragonborn are a thing, but most, like 90% of everybody who isn't dragonborn has never seen a dragonborn. So, like, I stand out everywhere yeah. I go. I'm very inconspicuous, which is funny because I'm super duper sneaky as well. (laughs) So, um, like the way I like to think about it is, is maybe like she's so distracting 
like her appearance is so distracting that people don't notice the things she does. Like they're so like <laughs> right. enamored by the fact that they're seeing a dragonborn, like right. they don't notice that she's you know it's like, like cutting in, the inborn purse. sleight of hand exactly like, <laughs> like um and, and the story and the dice have played out that i have been very very good at just ganking stuff from people yeah. without them noticing and that yeah. happened in our most recent game and also um because i grew up on vampire i'm very into the role-playing aspect of role-playing games yeah. so i don't just generally like sit down at the table and roll the dice and or the dad, you know, whatever, I, I, I get into it. So I decided that the dragonborn from the northern range, oh, she's ice. She's like yeah. a white, I think she's a white dragon. Mm-hmm. So she breathes ice. And um, I was going to ask you that if you were a white or a silver. I, but, think, I think they both breathe ice. Yeah, so. I'm white. And that was also, that decision was roll the die. So it's like every decision I got to make of like, I had a choice of like six or more different things, mm-hmm. or like two or more different things. I rolled the dice to see. Um and she, uh, anyway, uh, so since my mind, she comes from like a mountainous region, it's very cold, she breathes ice, I was like, I could, I kept thinking of like, you know, like Siberia, like mm-hmm. Russia, like a very far away place not many people have ever been to or right. heard of. And so when I play this character, I put on like a growly kind of thick Russian sort of like accent um, and in my mind, she's, she is big, she's dragonborn. So in my mind, she's like, maybe like a female Russian, um, like Olympic track athlete who throws <laughs> like shot put and discus, but has, but is also like very charming, has a silly personality and just steals stuff from you. So, <laughs> um, that's kind of how I play her. That's how I envision her. Um, but my character, um, was basically just, you know, going, out into the world, exploring, looking, you know, to make a little bit of money, but just, you know, your stereotypical adventurer runs into, um, you know, your character, Marcus, mm-hmm. at um, an inn, and I think we we were going to get robbed, mm-hmm. and we ended up, um, like, through circumstance, you know, we, we ended up staying in, like, nearby or, or joining rooms at the end, yeah. and we were getting robbed, and we were perceptive enough to kind of realize what was happening. And then we um, ended up sort of catching and uh, helping the, the the town police, the town guard, arrest the thieves who were trying to rob from right. us. And then they gave us a bunch of gold and reward because, like, those people had been wanted for some time. And then that that was sort of our session zero. Chris met with us independently since we joined the game about six months later than everybody else. And was like, okay, and then you find yourselves here along the side of the road. Oh, and look who's coming down the road, this other group of travelers. And so we had our little own personal story, and then we jumped in with everybody else. So there's something important you're leaving out of that. It's probably uh, because I forgot it. That that original story. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. The original, um, so everything was uh, correct. You walk into that inn that I was in. Mm And these rogues or thieves or whatever you want to call them, these bandits had followed you into this, uh, this inn. Okay. And I remember it was described to me that they were like scoping you out hard. Yeah. They weren't really scoping me out, but they were scoping you out. Mm-hmm. And me being this kind of like lawful, good busybody. Yes. That's I, what, yep. I like made it a point to sort of like watch over because I knew – I didn't know that you were aware that they were they were sort of tracking you down, mm-hmm. but 
I noticed that it was happening. And so, you know, I made it my business to offer you, you know, kind of like whatever, offer you. Right. And so you, uh, your character ends up staying with me in my room Mm -hmm. and in the night you robbed me. Yeah. And then they came in and tried to rob us. Yeah. Um, And in that fight, I had been knocked unconscious or or something happened. I think I like either fell out of a window. There was or, some jumping out of windows to chase after them. Yeah. After yeah. The bandits. And, yeah. Uh, and, and basically they, they got away like, like one or two of them got away. One of them got caught or something like that. And so I woke up mm-hmm. and after waking up, going through my stuff, uh, I noticed a bunch of it was missing, but I assumed because of my good natured, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I would never assume you would take from me. I assumed that they stole that stuff. Right. And then we decided because they had stolen from me to find that organization and track them down so mm-hmm. that they couldn't steal from anybody else. Oh, it's the jackals. Right. Yeah. And meanwhile, you just would, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's Okay. I see what you're doing there. You're you're wanting to reveal more about how my character is a little bit untrustworthy. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did, you know, Marcus was very nice and he felt, oh, there's, first of all, that's some bullshit. He's a chauvinist because I'm sorry, but she knew what was going on. Uh-huh. And she, what is it? She's like a seven foot tall dragonborn. I think she can handle herself in a well, fight. Well, I don't know if I'm a chauvinist no, per no, se. No, no, not I, you, Marcus. I, no, no, I don't know if my character's a chauvinist per se, but we can go with that excuse. But really it was, how do I help the DM? You gotta bring you, us right, together. Right, right, right. right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, I understand. Like, we're trying to work with the DM not, to tell the story. Right, you're not dainty. No, she's not dainty at all. Like she could definitely hold her own. You're, in a fight. you're a dragonborn. You're a human dragon. Yeah, so. I breathe freezing <laughs> ice. Right. Um. But but yes, I agree. It was sort of like, well, how can we tell the story to bring the two together? Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, one option to do it. Uh. But yeah, she definitely was like, oh, this really nice guy. It's really sweet of him. Um. Probably a bad idea on his part because mm-hmm. then I rob you. Yeah. And then they try to sneak in and like rob me because right. they're like, oh, she's got some stuff. She's she's from like way, way, way out of town. She's probably got something cool on right. her. Because you, you, you're, for people that aren't familiar with the Dungeons and Dragons or at least fifth edition, Dragonborn are kind of like a rare race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not part of like the... The, they're normal, but they're not like normal enough that they're on every corner. And they're essentially just anthropomorphic dragons, right? Like they have the body of a person, but then, or like, you know, arms, legs, yeah. head. Yeah, walk, they're humanoid or, dragons. Yeah, humanoid dragons, right? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I go rob him. They come in, try to rob me. I, I see them. Like they're trying to be sneaky, but like I catch them. I wake you up. We have a tussle with the one and the, the gang that they belong to, the, the band of dr- bandits that they're part of are called the Jackals. So this one Jackal, we kind of like make quick work out of them. They get knocked out in the room, but then there's more in the hallway. But then they like skedaddle. Right. And then you're like superhero guy and you're like, well, I'm going to like, you know, like like the storytellers, like, you know, they're going to get away if you follow them out the door, like they have too, they're too far ahead of you. So you jump out the window of the inn into the alley. I follow you and we basically like pounce on the other two. And then just when the battle was really starting to heat up, like maybe one of us would be in trouble. Um, 
the city guard comes and mm-hmm. they like they like bolt right uh we get a reward from the city guard for chasing off these bandits who were kind of bothering some townsfolk and like there's still the one upstairs that we knocked unconscious they arrest them uh and you're like oh no they stole my gold and i was like yeah (laughs) shucks that's really too bad Uh, well don't worry like i mean i can lend you some right meanwhile i've got so much gold on me i need to get like a magical like bag of holding or something that's enchanted or has a charm on it so that no one can steal from me because I'm, I really need to put it in the bank. I'm carrying a lot of of money around at this point in the game. So then we meet up with the rest of the party. Do you, can you explain who the other members of our party are? Because I think you probably have a better understanding of all the different characters. I don't actually, I'm not even sure that I do. Um, So I believe that, we have another cleric, mm-hmm. and sh- uh, the cleric is a tiefling. Yes, and I don't know, like what I think. I think she. Uh, I think. I think it's a female character. I think she is a uh, a war cleric as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, there is a fighter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I'm not even really sure. Yeah. Because we kind of joined up with them, which is kind of cool because since we weren't around for their character creation and their like whole backstory, there's still things that we're finding out about them. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's very cool to like, to find that stuff out. So we have, uh, I believe a warlock, I believe Mallory's playing a warlock. Right. Yeah. And And I think she's human. I, I'm, I'm not, not sure. yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's some, like when you go three or four months without playing or longer, like we yeah. did, you tend to forget what everybody else is playing. But uh, also there is a really, really dumb Ogre. orc. Or, or, orc, yeah, sorry. Uh, barbarian. So like, dumb. I, I, I don't, three intelligence or something, something like that? Something really like, low. Like, like every time we get into a situation, he makes it worse because he's so <laughs> dumb. Like this guy's not metagaming at all. He's absolutely playing the dumbest character ever. Like he makes everything worse to the point in our most recent game, we were like, like everybody was like, you know, we're on our way to this village where there's like this disease, his plague has broken out and, and we're going to see if we can like figure things out about it or whatever. And then like halfway there, we stop at an inn to kind of like, you know, spend the night or whatever. Yeah. And like <laughs> the warlocks like, tell you what guys, I'm just going to camp outside the city with the orc because we know if we let him in this inn, like bad stuff is going to yeah. happen because every time he interacts with other people, like something gets destroyed or we get into a fight. And I, I was trying to remember, like they had mentioned our last game session that he was an orc. And I was like, I was trying to figure out, is he an orc or a half orc? Cause I'm pretty sure I don't, I don't know off the top of my head because unfortunately I took like a 10 to 15 year hiatus from Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure orcs like pure blooded orcs are evil. Mm. Like they're an evil race, but half orcs like aren't necessarily, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, of course that like tendency towards rage is inside them, but I don't know. I just, I remember during game somebody was like, yeah, but he's an orc. And I was like, wait a minute, is he an orc? But yeah. anyways, yeah, he's he's orcish mm-hmm. of descent and dumb as a box of hair. Just, Just so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would say I think he and I are the only characters 
that don't have like some sort of magic ability. Like besides being able to breathe ice, mm -hmm. I don't have any magic ability. Like yeah. I'm straight up pure rogue. So when we got into the situation this week, I could almost out, you know, offer no help whatsoever. Um, so do you want to kind of like talk about what we did this past week in game and like what the story is? Yeah. So, well, anyways, um, I guess where the story kind of started for the entire group, mm -hmm. we, um, we had been tracking this group of rogues, um, called the jackals, like we said earlier, and we tracked them to this very large city, um, which I don't remember the name of, but it's a, it's a massive sized multi-tiered city. Mm -hmm. And we tracked them to this city and basically you and uh, so I, I think maybe the other character is not a fighter, but maybe like a ranger or mm -hmm. something because Could be, yeah. you, both of you were pretty stealthy right. and, and you were able to track the, this group to like, um, like a, uh, like a hideout basically right, right. and, um, go through the hideout and then the entire party went and basically like just kick the crap out of this group. Mm -hmm. And in, in the process of doing that, um, attracted the attention of like the local law enforcement. And, um, I basically stayed in the city mm -hmm. and was like, I'm going to take the blame. Mm -hmm. uh, the blame for what? For, for the, whatever chaos was caused. Oh, the kerfuffle yeah, yeah, that was because, caused with yeah, us fighting so, the jackals. Cause so, that was the game I wasn't at when, when you guys basically smoked the jackals. That yeah. was the game I couldn't. I don't attend. remember the exact scenario, but mm -hmm. we like a bunch of these thieves, these like bandits got killed. Um, and we, we were basically defending ourselves, but mm -hmm. they were a conspiracy of bandits right. that were existing within the city. And like a guild. Yeah. Like a thieves guild basically. And uh, so um, we were concerned that there would be trouble because there was like, guys that got killed. They were right. like, you know, elves and whatever. Um, and so I advised the rest of the party to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would stay behind because, again, I I think I'm Captain America or something. Mm -hmm. and like Mr. Lawful Good. And I was like, if we've broken the law, that has to be, the punishment has to come. Right. And I'm willing to take it on the chin because I don't feel that we've done anything wrong. Right. So I'll stay and argue. So you you were still you were in the city for like a week under guard. I was in the city for two weeks, yeah. For two weeks under guard while like the like magistrates and the authorities sort of sorted out yeah. like what are we gonna do with this group of um basically like out of towners. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they're like, Oh well, you know, we know you had friends and I was like, Yes, but they left and they're like, Where did they go? And I was like, I don't know because mm -hmm. I didn't. Um but I told them, you know, I, I didn't feel that any of the individuals I worked with had done anything wrong, but they didn't feel it necessary to stay behind. I did. I have respect for the law, I, I have respect for the king's rule, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So two weeks goes by, turns out you know, we were in the right. Mm -hmm. The the most likely what happened was the town guard and the king were like these assholes were a nuisance anyways. Yeah, screw it. You know, just slide it under the rug. Yeah. So then I get called forward, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna allow you to leave the city um, without any sort of criminal charge, but we would request that you do this for us." Um, and basically just go check out this small town 
that's like two nights travel away um, from here because we haven't had word from that that settlement in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And um, folks are frightened to go near it. And um, just there's been a lot of weird reports like, you know, uh, wilted shrubs. And, you know, it's just like nobody wants to go near it. Just like there's this ominous feeling. And then something we found out, our our characters found out this game, is that two, one or two of the um, people in our party prior to us joining them on the road, mm-hmm. had visions of yeah. kind of like the apocalypse. And these the visions of the apocalypse involved this t- town. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, this was totally unknown to us until <laughs> this game. Good information to have yesterday. Yeah. So, so you know, you're delivered this information from sort of the leader of the guard, and they yeah. basically say, like, if you accept this, then, you know, sign on this yeah. enchanted, charmed contract. Um, but anyway, and one of the, one of the things that they had mentioned was there there were concerns that there was some sort of plague, right? Um, that had been going through and and killing townsfolk, and of course, being the cleric that I was, I was like, well, regardless of what my companions say about the matter, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out anyways, right? Um, but hopefully they'll, you know, they seem honorable, so hopefully they'll be honorable enough mm-hmm. to accompany me. Uh, I'll get right on it. Peace out. Mm-hmm. So I leave the town, meet up with, with the rest of you, and I'm like, hey, we've been given this job. Right. Let's go do it. And everybody else is like, we was going to do it anyways. Well, and the reason they say we was going to do it anyways is because, so you're telling them about the job, right? And then just offhanded, one of our party members was like, well, is there compensation for this? Because there's like a magical contract we have to sign. Right. And it's... It's not super clear if we're bound to anything, you know, like we're all kind of like hesitant or curious about what what would we be tethered to if we sign this, you know, enchanted contract um, to go and do this thing to investigate right. this town. And one of our folks offhanded asked, like, is there compensation involved? Like trying to figure out why we have to sign on the dotted line. And then that's when it's revealed that members of our party have had these visions right. of like sort of the end times and this awful plague spreading across the countryside. And they're like, I would do it without compensation because you know, who cares about the contract <laughs> right, we right. need to go. And then like, you know, we continue to have conversation and you're like, yes, I would also do it without compensation. And someone else is like, yes, I would also do it because this is a grave matter. And I'm like, my character's like, well, if you guys don't care about your compensation, right. <laughs> I would be happy to just to t- unburden that from right. you from that, and I will take your compensation. Yeah. And and also just to kind of keep the story moving forward, I r- rip the contract out of your hands and you know grab the pen from you, and I'm like, turn around, Marcus, and I sign my name on it. Right. And then this, the GM's like, so is everybody just going to sign the contract? And they're all like, yeah, we'll sign the contract. That we'll we'll go look at investigate this town. And then everyone was like, no, no, no. I mean, like if there's money involved, like whatever. <laughs> right. Everyone except Marcus was like. Well, you can have my share. Like, <laughs> like Marcus was like, please, yeah, I would do this for free. And I'm like, great, awesome. So are you going to eat that? Like, can I have it? Like, and, and I was very much like just playing into that, like sort of, I just, I, I like Tolkien dragons are very greedy. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I'm going to play a rogue who steals from people, I'm just going to be greedy. Yeah. So. Well, I don't think that there's much difference between like the Tolkien dragons and the D and D dragons, since I'm pretty sure they come from the same right, source. Right, right. Uh, but nevertheless, you probably shouldn't send 
the lawful good cleric to discuss the monetary gain in the in the quest. Sure. Because I was just like, bad things are happening. I'll go. Yeah. Like no regard. Yeah. For, I, <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like someone was like, is there is there compensation? And you're like, it did not even occur to me to ask. <laughs> I was like, and that's they, cool. And they didn't seem to care. I was like, tell. that's the first question. But anyway, so we're all off. Going off. And um, as I already mentioned, we stopped in a town mm-hmm. to overnight because we didn't want to wear ourselves out and just, you know, walk through the night. Um, the the crazy, stupid orc and the warlock slept outside the inn. We, right. everybody else stayed inside the inn. And I managed to um, steal from some drunken bandits who were there. And that was fun. And Marcus did not approve, and he, he was kind of keeping an eye on me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "All right, okay, okay." And I was like, "Ah, it's like steal from the rich and give to the poor. They're the rich, and I'm the poor." That's like one of my favorite things about the session was you being like the razzle dazzler, mm-hmm. dragonborn, walking up to this table, and you know, you like a glorified bard, basically. Yeah. And they're all kind of like watching you, whatever. And then, like you had already stolen. I, the player, didn't even realize you had already. Like ripped them off, yeah. And I walk up, and immediately all the conversation goes to shit, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, Ugh. "Yeah, <laughs> like what, guys? It's no big deal." Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I've already st- like so basically, I my roles could not have been better because like I saw these guys, you know, there were besides us in the inn, there was this group of kind of drunken guys who had on black leather armor. And they were basically telling tall tales and like pinching the butt right. of the waitress and just kind of acting Salty like asses. Dogs. Yeah. And then there was like a group of like um, merchants who were traveling that kind of had you know, fancy armor on, but they looked like merchants. They didn't look like fighters. And so I made a judgment call. I was like, oh, I'm going to steal from these jerks rather than these people who are being like quiet. Right. Even though these merchants probably have more cash on them. Like, eh. And these guys are drunk. So I basically went over to their table. And was like, oh, I'm a traveler, and I, it sounds like you have some great stories. Let me buy you a couple rounds of beer. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I'm feeding them alcohol. And while they're talking, I basically, like, grabbed one of the guys' gold purse, and I got a bunch of gold, and that was cool. Um, so yay for me. Had nothing to do with the plot, but I got to steal some gold, so that was fun. Um, bingo, bango. We wake up the next morning. We're back on the road. And then... That's when shit got real. Yeah, so we we um, you know we we do the typical D and D trudge. You know, we hit the trail. Yeah, we walk to the next town, and we arrive there. And um, I believe were we at the town? I think we were like on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We we arrive like at the general location right. of where the town is supposed to be, and um, you know we are on the outskirts, and we start to notice, and I think. Um, no, so we we arrived there, and I think that Chris had described that like we weren't hearing like birds, and we weren't like hearing the traditional like mm-hmm. noises that you would hear, and um, we see some people, and I believe like we we go we start to move forward to like you know get their attention or whatever just to see who they are, mm-hmm. and turns out they're dead. Like they're, they're undead creatures and they start charging us Yeah, and all hell breaks loose. And apparently there were zombies. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know all the monsters in the monster. They were somehow reanimated corpses. There had to have been necromancer involved. Yeah. And basically my character became useless. Um, 
I somehow won the initiative roll, mm-hmm. so I got to go well, first. Well, because you're, you're so fast. I know, I'm so fast. Uh, so I, I got the initiative roll, and um, my, my weapons of choice are a short bow and a rapier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fire a bolt into, like, the like the roll was, I think, a natural 20, and I got to add my bonus onto it. So right. it was, like, perfect roll, Right. Which this has not happened to me ever in playing any role playing game that I've rolled as good as I rolled this past weekend, um, and the the GM describes how I just you know like in a moment of perfect serene calm I fire an arrow it hits the zombie right in the eye and um, like it goes straight through his eye and he just keeps charging at the same speed mm-hmm. and I was like oh my zombie logic of like destroy the brain is not going to hold up here. And um, I think another player also did a physical attack and the zombie was still coming like without a head, Mm -hmm. like they cut off its head and it was still charging. Um, And then it wasn't until like you did something that we actually are making any headway. Yeah. So as a cleric, one of my, uh, one of my many benefits is the ability to turn undead. Mm -hmm. Um, That is basically the whole purpose of having a cleric or some kind of like, Paladin or holy, you know, holy person in your in your group is like when we encounter undead, I'm the guy to have around. Um, but I'm I'm still uh, I'm a fairly low level, but I'm level six. And one of the cool things about this game mm-hmm. is in older iterations of this game, you know, you'd have to go through and find like the very specific feats or or you know powers that you want it and you'd have to like have very specific things to make a character work and i think that was part of the strategy mm-hmm. and that was always a bit of an issue for me because like i'm i'm very interested in like the role play i i love to run around and play a fantasy character who's doing cool stuff mm-hmm. but the the stat heavy reliance uh, you know, for, for of your character creation, often caused me trouble because mm-hmm. I'd be in groups of people who were like very like super knowledgeable about the rules because they were kind of playing for different reasons, mm-hmm. and you know I'd always get shit because like here I am at this level and I should be doing this, but I'm not because like I saw this cool thing and this cool thing and I just took it to have this interesting, well-rounded character. Well. Now I'm level 10 or whatever, and I can't hang with these badass, powerful monsters. And I don't know if they completely abolished that or did away with it in 5th edition, but every time you level, you get very specific things. Right. And and those specific level things, mm-hmm. level powers, whatever, bonuses, um, in a lot of ways remove the need to go digging for like special powers to stack to get mm-hmm. the, the biggest badass bonus. And I like that because I'm not good with rules and stats and stuff. So at least not for this game. Yeah, not not for this game. And I mean, I'm I'm good at it for games that it's not a primary focus. Right. You know, it's not necessary. Um, so yeah, at level six, I get the ability to when I successfully turn undead of a certain challenge rating, it destroys them outright. So oh. I was like, you know, brandish the holy symbol and chant to my God and they're just like, you know, blowing up. And I was like, that was the coolest shit. Yeah. So basically Marcus, Nate's character 
caused all the zombies to blow up at once. <laughs> and I was like, just standing there like, what the, f-? like, wh- I, I, and I was like, I was like, the only cool thing I can do is breathe ice. And I don't even know if that's going to do anything against these guys. Like, I think I, I stabbed one in the heart with my rapier and it was basically everything I did hit and had these not been like necromance zombies mm. would have destroyed them. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is too, like I, I don't know the fifth edition of D and D like an expert does. Mm-hmm. Like I know it like a player, but not even like a seasoned player because I'm only getting back into Dungeons and Dragons now. And this edition has been out since 2014. Mm. So for me, I don't know what these monsters are necessarily. And I definitely don't know like what their weaknesses are. I don't know like what I have to do to mm-hmm. kill them. And I like that because I feel like my cleric is experiencing things for the first time. Right. So he wouldn't necessarily know. You know, he may hear hear rumors like I can turn these undead and and they're, you know, um, they they can fall victim to my holy force or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like Nate, the player, still has that like. Oh, what yeah. is it? What's going to happen? It's that fun it's, sense right. of discovery. Right. It's right. it's it's the awe of a, a being new to a game mm-hmm. yeah. that you can't really replicate. So, what do you So so tell me a little bit about So that that's kind of like where our game ended on Sunday. Um we we fought and killed these zombies mm-hmm. and then we did a little bit discussing about strategizing about like what our next move yeah. was. We only got to play for like 3 hours. Yeah, it was pretty short because lots of people had you know, lots of people had things to do. We're playing across two time zones. One person had to work. So it was a, it was a challenge to get together, but we did, and we're not going to wait seven months to play our next game. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but what I would like to hear, and I think is interesting, is um, how did you, when did you first start playing Dungeons and & Dragons? And when did you stop liking it or realize that you didn't like it? Um, it's not that I ever disliked it. It's, I'll, I'll, we'll get into the story. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell, so, t- so tell the folks at home. So, so I believe I, I must've been like 12 or 13 years old when I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but I had known about it ish mm-hmm. for a few years before that. It was actually something that a lot of people in the area where I grew up were playing. Um, I had a friend who lived down the street from me and he had, um, an uncle that was, you know, five or six years older, maybe a little bit more older than him. And I guess he played Dungeons and Dragons. And so like his whole family would play it like on Friday nights or Saturday nights or whatever. And I had watched a couple of times and it seemed really interesting, but I just didn't really know. Like I was kind of too young to grasp what they were doing. And then as I got a little bit older, you know, into my like, you know, 12, 13 years old, like I said, um, there were some kids that were like in my age category, must have been like middle school that were playing. And man, maybe, maybe it was even before that. I might have still been like in grade school. It's hard, it's hard to remember because this is so yeah, long yeah, ago. Yeah. But um, there was a group of kids that would play at the library, and their age range was like, like adolescent all the mm-hmm. way up to like high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like in retrospect, it was probably kind of weird because yeah. there were like some kids that were really adults mm-hmm. and there were like some kids that were really like children, mm-hmm. but they played at the library. So, you know, it's no big deal. And I watched them play 
And finally, I guess I, I must have like worked up the courage. Um, I don't know why I was like, you know, scared, but you know, it was like, you got to know stuff. And, you know, it seemed like inaccessible to me, but mm-hmm. I, I worked up the courage, played it. And mostly it was just like these people would go and play and I wanted to do something with these people. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got started. And um, I was not like the stereotypical D&D player. Like, you know, there's a stereotype when you think about like Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop role-playing games. And it's kind of like the nerdy people, you know, the, the, the geek with the glasses in the basement type of like stuff. Like the, the smart kids. Right. Well, well, it, well, is that the stereotype yeah, well, you're getting at? Like, just, just like, yeah, like the we'll we'll call them nerds, right? In the traditional okay. sense. And not all of these people that play that I played with were even of that stereotype, but you know, I kind of straddled. Mm-hmm. So I knew like rocker kids or metalheads, and you know the the potheads, the you know stoner kids or whatever, mm-hmm. and the gamers. And I kind of like went between all of these groups. Um, and so probably about like 14 or 15 years old, someone in my gaming group had brought the vampire, the masquerade book. Mm -hmm. And, um, once I started like reading up on that and like learning about that game, then like I, I met like other kids that played it, other like teenagers that played it that weren't the D and D group. And it's interesting because, you know, I'd kind of go back and forth. Like I had a couple of different gaming groups Mm -hmm. and I quit playing vampire Mm -hmm. um, after second edition Mm -hmm. and I quit playing for like a year or two and sold all my books. I just kind of got fed up with it and just went back to playing like with my normal gaming group, like the D and D crew. Why'd you get fed up with vampire? Just the LARP, blah, 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 you know, drama, like gamer drama. That's something if you've ever played vampire, you're very familiar with gamer drama. I'm sure other gamers, game communities have gamer drama, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is just the same as regular drama, but for gamers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, um, I mean, people getting upset about shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Um, Hobby drama. Hobby drama. That's a really good, that's a really good way of describing it. Hobby (laughs) drama. And so anyways, long story short, I had quit playing for uh, a while and just kind of went back to my old group. And one day, my old group that I played with, D&D with, we didn't have any games to run. And we we would like take turns and Mm -hmm. nobody had a game. And uh, we just decided like on a whim to go to this local live action vampire game that a bunch of people had talked about. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, for old time's sake, sure. You know, it's something to do on a Saturday. It's gaming. We went. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. None of them did. Right. They didn't want to go back, and I went back. Mm-hmm. And so basically at that point, there was the split. Okay. And I started hanging out with, like, all the vampire kids and adults and didn't really go back to the other gaming group at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because I got into this game, started doing it every Saturday mm-hmm. and that other group just kind of fell to the wayside. And, you know, sadly, like that was like the last time I ever played with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of just like fell in, fell back in to the vampire thing full time mm-hmm. and the world of darkness thing full time. And just like, this became kind of like, the D and D became childlike to me mm-hmm. because you know I was edgy and playing these like urban fantasy games and it was so cool and mm-hmm. you know. But 
It was just like running around and swashbuckling and casting magic spells and and fighting evil liches. Mm -hmm. That just like didn't appeal to me anymore. So I did the vampire thing for like forever. But it wasn't the only game you played. No, but I mean, it basically... It was kind of like your go-to game. It was your game of choice. So so like it went from what I considered like more lighthearted gaming Mm -hmm. and mistakenly because like people that play Dungeons and Dragons regularly know there's plenty of room for horror and, you know, just like terrifying story. It's just high fantasy. Right. You know, and what I was into at the time was like not high fantasy. It wasn't like, you know, magic and warriors and dragons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I did play like Shadowrun and other kind of like darker games, like more adult oriented games, mm-hmm. what I thought were adult oriented games. Well, um, I played a little bit here and there, the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's what we played when I like kind of gave up and stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And then years later, um, a game called Pathfinder came out. Right, right. And Pathfinder was kind of like the D20 system. You know, Dungeons and Dragons and Wizards of the Coast kind of took the game in a new direction. Mm-hmm. And I guess like that D20 system kind of became open source or something. Somebody smarter than me and more into it knows all the stories. But basically... 3, 3.5 became Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. And so I got into Pathfinder for a while, played with like my my regular group because yeah. that I like that old group. At this group, point, you're in your late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Like that that old group, they just like, that was it. I never right. played with them again. You grow up. Right. You, you don't moved, hang out with all the people you hang out, out with. I town. Yeah. You know, that was it. So my, my vampire group, which just became my regular gaming group, you know, we started to diversify because, you know, the truth is like you play a game for so long, you get kind of bored with it. Or, right. You know, you, it's like there's only so many stories you can tell in the same world. Even if it's a, an infinite world, like eventually you're just like, all right, I'm done with yeah. that. I want to do something else. So we played Pathfinder for a while. We played some Rifts. We played, um, we played uh, like a bunch of other things. Just, right. You know, just whatever, whatever was kind of cool coming out new at the time. And... You know, just kind of like, like, meh, D&D, well, I don't care. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, in the last couple of years, I've heard so many good things about 5th edition and just kind of like, you know, you need something different. You need to change a pace. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be like gritty, you know, street justice, yeah. vampires and werewolves and shoot them up. You know, occasionally you just want to like go fight an evil dragon or, you yeah. know kill a nasty enemy or, so, or you know rob some people in an inn yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes you want to just pretend that you're in an inn for four hours so i want to ask you this um yes. would you say that the tone of your game is as much impacted by the like the tone of your gameplay at the table yeah is just as much impacted by the tone set within that book that game yeah if as much as it is by the group of people you're playing with. Yeah, so that's a good question. Like, could you play our game of D&D with a different group of people? And what I mean by that is, is like, I feel like the group of people we play with mm-hmm. is has kind of a bigger age range. Like, everybody's an adult, but everybody's in their 20s or 30s. But I think we have, like, two different generations of people playing. Yeah. I think you, we have... 
like you, who I would not consider a millennial, but I wouldn't consider a Gen Xer. You're a little too young to be a Gen X, yeah, and you're a little too old. Yeah, we call that a Gen Y, uh, yeah, I don't Gen, Gen Z, or I don't know. Yeah, uh, whatever. Gen, I, and nobody going to care yeah, anyway. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you have like me. I'm a millennial, but I'm like an older millennial. Then you've got some younger millennials. Mm-hmm. And then you've got maybe some people that are kind of like same as you. They're in between being millennial and like Gen Z. Like yeah. they're not. And I think that mix of people um, in age groups uh, and like our experience of different experiences of popular culture yeah. have really impacted the group dynamic and how we play this game. Because this game to me is very, very different mm-hmm. than vampire games I have played with people who are like, you know, um, hyper serious. Yeah. Who are a little bit more on your age range. Yeah. And I don't know if that is to do with age range or if that has to do with specific groups. I would like your impression on that. Yeah. So, and I just want to throw something out, like as you contemplate an answer, sorry Uh to cut you off, but you said something to me once that I thought was like really informative, at least about your personal experience with gaming. Mm -hmm. You said something that was like, you're like, I don't like anime. I've never liked anime. I can't get into it. But I can tell when I sit down to play Dungeons and Dragons with our group that a lot of these people like anime. Yeah. yeah. And I would like you to kind of like maybe elaborate on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So that's that's something that um, I think every game and every game group that you sit down with, they have a different interpretation of what the world is. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it comes from their personal influences. You know, there are a ton of, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons style, like high fantasy anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, usually there's like some key factors that you'll find in those, you know, there's a little bit of silliness and a little bit of like, it's not so super serious. Mm-hmm. And where I come from, I come from like that, you know, like my idea of fantasy is very much like Game of Thrones, you know. It's yeah. like um, very like Michael Moorcock, like you know. There, let me throw this out there: mm-hmm. a game that probably not a lot of people have played, Shadows of Esterin. Mm-hmm. You got that dark, yeah, really spooky, gritty, scary, yeah. high I'm, fantasy. My my thing is and always has been like gritty, dark horror, mm-hmm. and even in my fantasy gameplay, you know, it's like. I don't know. If you, if you open up a monster manual, yeah, there's going to be some silly, funky things in there. But for the most part, like you're dealing with these like horrible, eternal evils, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, that's like holy shit, you know. Mm-hmm. That it's, but it's not like it's not silly. It's not goofy. It's mm-hmm. not like what you see in an anime. You know. You know what I mean? But. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that there's any right way or wrong way to do it. But I think it's it's important to be adaptable, yes. But I have a problem where I make a character Mm -hmm. and I make a character with a concept in mind Mm -hmm. and I cannot deviate from that concept. So I feel like I very much have the character in the anime that doesn't want to be a part of the anime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's always like one character in, in these movies and shows that's just like so stodgy mm-hmm. and like, you know, they're so serious and mm-hmm. then everybody else is kind of like, bing, 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 bing. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. bouncing around and you know, there's a lot of like time spent on food yeah. and, I, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Let's let's go fight the thing. So yeah, you're you're more like serious, like a hundred percent, like 
I'm here because I'm stalwart and strong and honest and I am da da da. And then meanwhile, our tiefling is like, I want to do a whole scene about eating toast. Right. <laughs> and it is very much like, which but, is fine. It's not boring. It's, but no. it's kind of silly. And I, I, yeah. I think that the, the, one of the things that I've learned, and it has been a very good learning experience, is that, you know, I can still have a good time mm-hmm. playing my character in their world. Mm-hmm. I just have to like give them the opportunity to have their fun. Like their, yeah. their idea of fun is like doing silly, goofy things and running around and exploring and, and like jumping in the fountain and, you know, finding a dog and raising the dog right. and then going and, and, and fighting the villain. And I just let them do that. And then when it comes to my turn, I do what I think are the important things that my character would do, which are not those fun little, yeah. you know, flavor things. They're just like, I will now polish my hammer and go and pray. And then now we will go kill the beast. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's not, it's not anything like you, you can play with every type of person. You just have to remember the entire game isn't necessarily about you. Right. And if you take it too seriously, yeah, you're not going to have fun, but also, you know, if you're going to be like a stodgy prick about it, like mm-hmm. they're not going to have fun either. Yeah. And so no one's having fun. Right. And you need to, I think the important thing about no matter what game you're playing or whose table you're sitting down at, you need to go into it thinking like, this isn't all about me. Right. This is about us. We're all trying to tell a story together and like, you know, no one can be the star right. of the show when you're playing a game that one person is running. Right. Right. And, and so I think that there's a lot of like cooperation and communication skills that people build by playing role playing games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is about not just finding the game you like, but finding the right group of people that are going to be like like minded or mm-hmm. at least flexible and yeah. adaptable to what you want to do. Yeah. And, and I, I honestly, I feel like now it's not even necessarily finding the right group of people. It's mm-hmm. just finding where you fit mm-hmm. into the group of people and how yeah. and how you can better be a piece to their puzzle. Right. You know, and, and like I said, it sitting down and playing with the with the group like. You know, at first I was like, I feel like we're playing like three different games. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, okay, I could get over myself. Mm-hmm. That That's an easy solution. I could just like, you know, play my character, be honest and true to the character I made. Like it's some fucking statement, which right. it's not. But like, just let them have their fun and mm-hmm. then you have your fun. Right. And, and then just, everybody right, has fun. Right. And you just take it for what it is. It's not that big of a deal. And, you know, when it comes down to it, the barbarian still smashes face. Like yeah. he, he still crushes skull when, right. when it's needed. And the, the good thing about it is that regardless of how they play, there has not been anything that's occurred in the game from these characters that I feel would be against like the characters that they made. Right. Like no one's like, doing evil shit and pretending that they're good. You know what right. I mean? Like, like that's a big problem for me when I go into a game and I'm playing, I'm going to play a lawful good cleric. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play that lawful good paladin and I'm going to hold you accountable. And that more than anything I have found has been a big issue in tabletop settings when I play fantasy games, because a lot of like the murder hobo concept, mm-hmm. it's huge in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Rightly so. It's a game stats first, story second. Mm-hmm. And it's about gaining XP and growing your character. You know, it's not just about that, but that is the primary focus. 
And a lot of times what ends up happening is people just ignore, you know, the morality of the game, mm-hmm. which it is very important. That morality is very important. And if you're like, yeah, I'm this good fighter and you just go in and start murdering, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it is as a lawful good character, I'm going to have a problem with that because, right. you know, obviously that doesn't fit with my morality and I haven't seen any of them do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if they're remaining consistent to like, you know, what I would call the genre, Mm -hmm. cool. Have an hour long scene about toast. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) It's cool with me. But also that character who has hour long scenes about toast is the killer of the group. Right. Like she is the one who like is going uh, more than any of us is going to be the one to like hold on hold my toast bitch while I fuck up everything in right. front of us and like. and to me that's what that's where it becomes like very animeish right and yeah. and you know that's that goes back to that statement I made earlier where that's where they were introduced to the fantasy settings mm-hmm. whereas I you know maybe came off of the heels of you know old you know the old school well think about it this way like what did you consume when you were young GI Joe He-Man. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of cartoons you grew up with, yeah. right? And then you've got 80s action heroes. 80s action heroes. And, you, know. Heroes. Um, you know, other things like that, right? right? Like, I don't, I can't think of anything else I, necessarily. I, I grew up in the era of sci-fi, horror, and like every type of horror, you know? Like, my fantasy is legend, you know? Mm-hmm. that like Yeah, yeah, with the, it, yes. Right, it's, yeah. not, it's not like... I don't know. Whatever. That's an underrated movie. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You like, know, or the. Um, or Dragon Slayer. Or, yes. You know, like like things that are like not a golden, you know. Is it Grey, Greyhawk? Is that the. No, what's the. Um, it's the one that. Oh, gosh. I feel dumb. Well, Greyhawk is like a D&D. No, no, no. But there's like Ladyhawk. Isn't that like the the movie with Matthew Broderick? That's like Broderick that's. Have you not seen it? I've never heard of it's it. It's Michelle Pfeiffer and Matthew Broderick. It's like an 80s movie. It's like know. very like wizardy and I don't know. But like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Okay. So like you know, you that's know, that's where I get my fantasy. High fantasy, from. but kind of darker, grittier shit. If that's right. what you're, you know, growing up on versus I don't know what other other people grow up on, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was a weird kid. I didn't watch a lot of TV. But um yeah. So anyway. I don't remember if there was a point I was making. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Tell me about your YouTube channel. You see how I do transitions? I'm a true professional podcaster. You're a master. (laughs) A master transition. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have Rachel on here, other than I married her and I want her to be involved in everything I do, um, is... Pardon. Uh, I don't know what that noise actually was. A brief pause at home while everyone... Vomits yeah. into well, their grab a bag, yeah, and strap in. We're mm. gonna be taking a flight to puke down. Do you taste the sweetness? Mm. So, anyways, taking you started puke down, <laughs> taking a flight to puke down. <laughs> so, anyways, you started a YouTube channel, I did tell us about that. Uh, well, as of this recording, I only have two videos on it, but um, you it's can, easy to binge watch, it's easy to binge watch. There's only two 15 minutes and you're done. Um, so uh, if you go to YouTube and you look up R.M. Seaver, uh, that's my channel. But essentially, um, it, I wanted to hold myself accountable to reading more books. Uh, I read a lot every day uh, on my nine to five. And I also do listen to a lot of podcasts and I got back into listening to more audiobooks. But something was really missing from my life. And that was like reading books. When I was younger, um, I read a lot of books 
and um, reading is something that I've always has always been very sort of precious to me uh, because I have dyslexia and it's I I've been told it's severe and I can confirm that that is probably true. Um, and uh, it took me a long time to learn how to read and to get become proficient at it. And um, it, I guess you could say it was like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder I had. I read a lot in high school. I read as much as I could in college. Um, and then shortly after graduating undergrad, I, I read a lot. But then when I went to graduate school and then, you know, graduated, obviously, um, and started working full time, it had it was something that I couldn't do regularly. And it was starting to kind of bum me out, especially being around you, who is, can you please sit down and do the podcast with me? What are you trying to do right I'm, now? I'm refilling the cards. Okay. I forgot I had more cards out. I could have done that right then, but I didn't. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. I hate, hate to interrupt you. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you. I'm sorry. You're like, you're like here, Rachel, start talking to me. But first I I'm going to get I wanted that camera back. Okay, I got to pee. Can we take yeah. a break and then we'll edit this no, out? No, no, we just finish it and then we'll take a pee. I got to pee so bad. Yeah, I got to pee too, but okay. uh, let's just finish. We... Okay, so anyway. We're an, we're an hour in, so All right, let's just you're going to have to do a lot of editing because I don't even remember what I was saying. You were talking about me and me being a reader. And yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And okay, yeah, I'm yeah. a jerk for some reason because of it. You're not a jerk. So, <laughs> But I wanted to read more Right, is the whole point. And you are, um, you read all the time. And I was like, man, I want to read all the time. And so I started reading again. And I was like, man, I'm really out of practice with reading. It's not that it, it was hard or I couldn't do it, but it was like I didn't have that stamina that you get when you you know read regularly um for fun for pleasure mm -hmm. and uh I, I started off and i was like reading some books and i was like you know it would be fun to talk about these books maybe um the things that i like and the things that i don't like uh put something out there so that maybe other people who have dyslexia who are discouraged about their reading can can see it and and you know like it encourages other people to read more too. Right. Who want to, but maybe, I don't know. And uh, there are a lot of people that have dyslexia of varying degrees. It's kind of a spectrum. And so I was like, oh, that would be cool. And I thought that this was a really unique idea, but it's not a really unique idea. There <laughs> are lots of people who you can find on YouTube who are dyslexic that have really popular and successful, quote, booktube channels where they read books and review them. Um, but I don't care what everybody else is doing. I care what I'm doing. So yeah. uh, basically the YouTube channel is just going to be me talking about the things I'm reading, giving very short, spoiler-free reviews of the books I'm reading. Um, I'm always welcome to suggestions. Um, when I, As I have time, I may post more than one video a week, but right now it's just going to be one video a week. Um, but you know those, those additional um, supplemental videos would be things like what I'm listening to right now, as right. far as like books I'm listening to, podcasts I like, maybe like my TBR list, like the, my to-be-read list of books I want to read. Uh, things like that. So if you're interested in that, uh, if you, you know, want to support me, then feel free to subscribe. But it's really just something I'm doing to kind of hold myself accountable. And also to learn a little bit more about, you know, video editing and things right. like that. Um, kind of fun. Yeah. And also reading more helps you be a better writer. And I always want to be a better writer. So yeah. So definitely check out Rachel's YouTube channel. Uh, I am partial, but I think it's really good. Uh, I, I like listening to you talk. So if you like listening to Rachel talk or watching Rachel talk, check out her YouTube channel. Uh, and also check out mine. I, I think that's the more important one to check out. Uh, I think the content is a little more entertaining probably. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's debatable. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't, See, here's what it is. 
We both yeah. like each other. Yeah. And we're just sitting here jerking each other off it's at true. this point. It's true. Yeah. So I don't know if... if we're yeah. like mentally jerking each other yeah. off. We're not actually physically... Like we're on camera. I'm no pretty sure we off. would... Yeah, Where's your hand? <laughs> oh my bad. Uh, yeah. Uh well, hey, thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh we would both love to hear your D&D stories. Mm-hmm. So, hit us up. Yeah. Um if you, you have know, any like recommendations on how to really play a dragonborn, I would be yeah. love to hear about that. Yeah. Uh if you have recommendations for, you know, stories and stuff like that that we should read in in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, that'd be good too cuz we both love to read and you know, that might be something that we could check out. Yeah. Um you know, if you if you want to talk about D&D with me or with me and Rachel, let us know. Yeah. I definitely am willing to have listeners uh, I don't, I don't Can you give a little like spoiler or a little preview about maybe your next video on your YouTube channel? I think actually th- this podcast, I think that video will be out before this podcast comes out. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. So, this, this yeah. Might so, so if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn about the history of D&D, yeah. go check out Nate's YouTube channel for the 2D10 podcast because yeah. there will be some videos now, there. Now, mind you, it, when you decide to go and watch these videos about the history of D&D, Mind you, you know, we're, we're working with like less than 6,000 words. So like, it's not a, like all encompassing history of the world. Yeah, it it is, it is video entertainment version. It is, I I've learned a lot of stuff about Dungeons and Dragons, how it formed the people that were involved in it. So, uh, if you like Dungeons and Dragons, go check it out. Let me know what you think. If you don't like Dungeons and Dragons, check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, (laughs) learn some things. All right. Um, ending podcast is hard, so... I have to pee really bad. Thanks for listening to the 2D10 Podcast. If you liked what you heard, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel, T-W-O, the letter D, T-E-N. Don't forget to spell it, you dub-dub! If you want to support us more, go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode. Don't judge me.